Chapter Three of Pursuit by Lester Del Rey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Hawks crushed out the cigarette and began climbing the wide stairs slowly. It was probably an ambush into which he was heading, but without this place, he had no chance of resting. He stared at the numbers painted on the dirty red doors and went on up a second flight of stairs. The number he wanted was at the end of the hall dimly lighted he dropped to the keyhole but found it had been filled long ago probably when the yale lock was installed he put his ear against the door and listened there was no sound from the inside except a monotonous noise that must be water dripping from a leaky faucet finally he climbed to his feet and reached for his keys the third one he tried fitted and the door swung open he fumbled about looking for a light switch and finally struck a match the switch was a string hanging down from a bare bulb he pulled it to find that he stood inside one of the old monstrosities with which new york is filled a combination kitchen and bathroom with a tiny closet for a toilet in one corner there was an ice-box a dirty stove a franklin heater connected to a chimney a small sink and a rickety table with four folding chairs in a closet cheap china showed he went through that into a seven by twelve living room there was a cheap radio a worn sofa two more folding chairs and a big typing table the rug on the floor had been patched together then he breathed more easily over the back of one of the chairs was a sport jacket that he recognized as his own he jerked it up suddenly and began going through the pockets but they had already been emptied it didn't matter he no longer cared why he should be in a place so totally unlike any of his usual neat habits would have led him to it was his then as he came into the bedroom he hesitated it was smaller than the living room with a bed that took up half of one wall and two dressers jammed into the remaining space one corner held a cardboard closet and hanging on the hook was a man's raincoat and hat both at least five sizes too big for him his eyes darted about to find a strange mixture of things he remembered as his and possessions that he would never have owned on one of the dressers was a small traveling case filled with cosmetics and appliances which only a woman would use he jerked open the closet and his nose told him before his eyes that it held only female clothing yet on the shelf his old hat rested happily he could make no sense of it the place looked as if several people lived in it and yet it wasn't really fitted for anyone to spend his whole time there there was none of the accumulation of property that would fit any permanent resident he went out of the bedroom passing the typewriter desk the typewriter was an old standard olympia a german machine which he'd refitted with a dvorak keyboard which he had learned for greater efficiency he was sure nobody else would want it the dishes were dusty and there was no food in the icebox now though it began to fit a place where it was convenient to stop in but not a place to live and perhaps he had been in the habit of lending it to others though why he shouldn't have used his own apartment was something he still couldn't understand 
it was possible there was no record of this place he began shucking off his shirt as he went back through the living room until the marks on the rug caught his eyes something heavy had rested there recently there had been other desks about or heavy laden tables and a bit of paper under the sofa could only have come from one of the complicated computing machines used in high-powered mathematics he scanned the fragment making no sense of it except that it was esoteric enough to belong to any new branch of theory for a second the heat rays and levitation entered his head but none of the symbols fitted such a branch of physical development what had been going on here and why had the machines been removed so recently that their traces still looked fresh he shook his head and froze as a key turned in the lock there was no time for flight she stood in the doorway blinking at the light before he could turn she of course was the girl who he'd barely noticed when he knocked the couple down as he charged out of his apartment of course he puzzled over that he almost expected it and yet now that he looked more closely he couldn't even be sure that she was the same she wore the same green jacket but nothing else that he could be sure of because he had no other memory of that girl this one was two inches shorter than he was with dark red hair and the deepest blue eyes he had seen she looked like an artist's conception of an irish colleen except that her mouth was open half an inch and she was studying him with the look of being about ready to scream who are you he forced the words out at her she shook her head and then smiled doubtfully ellen ibanez naturally you startled me but you must be wilbur hawks of course didn't you get my wire he watched her but there had been no stumbling over his name and no effort to make it sound too casual apparently the name meant nothing to her he shook his head what wire then he plunged ahead quickly you've heard of amnesia good well i've got it partially if you can tell me anything about myself before yesterday miss i'll never be anything but he choked on that unable to finish and behind the surface emotions his mind was poised sniffing for danger there was no feeling of it though he kept telling himself alternately that she had been the girl at the door and that she obviously had not been he'd seen her before the tilt of her head that unmatchable hair you poor man her voice was all sympathy and the bag she was carrying dropped to the floor as she came over you mean you really can't remember at all not for the last seven months she seemed surprised but that was when you answered my advertisement i never saw you though you did call me and your voice sounds familiar you sent me the check and i mailed you the key that was all i must have given you references told you something again she shook her head nothing you said you were a teacher at ccny and that you were quitting and wanted a place to use for an office you didn't care what it was like that's all hawks felt she was lying but it could have been true and in his present state he probably believed everyone was other than they seemed 
he remembered the gray sedan rising to the roof and the cat turning inside out sickness hit at him he groped back towards a chair sinking into it he'd almost found a refuge and even hoped that he could find some of the missing past now he must have partially fainted he heard vague sounds and then she was putting something against his lips it was bitter and hot though it only remotely resembled coffee he gulped it gratefully not caring that it was sweet and black he saw the bottle of old coffee powder caked with age and heard the water boiling on the stove idly he wondered whether he'd bought that jar originally or she had then his senses snapped back thanks he muttered thickly he groped his way to his feet his head slowly clearing i guess i'd better go now she forced him back into the chair you're in no condition to leave here will hawks ugh your shoes are filthy let me help you there isn't that better whatever it is you've been doing to yourself you should be ashamed you're going straight to bed while i clean some of this up his head had sunk back on the table and everything reached him through a thick fog it wasn't right girls didn't act that way to strange men who looked as if they'd come from a bowery fight girls didn't take men's clothes off girls didn't he let her carry him into the bedroom and tried to protest as she put him between the clean sheets he stared at the view of his lavender shorts against the fresh whiteness while things seemed far away he'd played with a girl named ellen once when he was eleven and she was nine she'd had bright copper hair and her name had been what had it been not ibanez bennett that was it ellen bennett he must have said it aloud she chuckled of course will though i never thought you'd be the same will hawkins i knew it when i saw the scar on your shoulder where you cut yourself sliding down our cellar door go to sleep sliding down into clouds of sleep sleep she drugged him something in the coffee he jerked up reaching for her but she ducked aside drawing on the tops of a pair of frilly pajamas ellen you Shh! she pulled a robe on over the pajamas and lay down outside the blankets Shh! well you have to sleep you're so tired so sleepy her voice was soothing and the fingers along the base of his neck was relaxing he reached out a last inquiring finger of doubt for the feeling of danger but couldn't find it this was as wrong as the other things had been wrong but his mind let go and he was suddenly asleep he awoke slowly with a thick feeling in his mouth drugged and the sense of danger had failed him again he swung over sharply reaching for her but she was gone his clothes lay beside him neatly pressed and he grabbed for them there was a pair of socks too large but better than none his muscles felt wrong as he began dressing but the feeling wore away the clock said less than two hours had passed if she'd put a drug in the coffee it must have been one to which he was less sensitive than average she'd probably never suspected that he would waken a trace of fear struck through him but it was weaker than before and it seemed normal enough under the circumstances he fumbled over the shoelaces then grabbed up his coat she'd bring them back 
Maybe they'd used her as a spy. But he couldn't understand why she'd bothered to press his clothes, and the apartment still puzzled him. Even if her story was true, it simply isn't the sort of place where a girl like her would live. Nor was it fixed as she might have arranged a place, even allowing for what he might have done to it in seven months. He reached automatically for the lock in the dim hall, realizing his hand knew the door, whatever else was true. Then he went out, and down the stairs. He heard a babble of kids' voices, part in English, part in some sort of Spanish. That meant that things were normal to the casual observer along the street, but he knew it was poor evidence that things really were as they should be. He stood in comparative darkness in the hall, staring out. Nothing was wrong, so far as he could see. He had to risk it. Hawks shoved past the women on the steps and headed down West End, trying not to seem in a hurry. His eyes turned up to the roof of the garage, but he could see nothing there. He'd half expected that the slim young man would be parked up on the roof, waiting. Then the fear began, mounting slowly. He jerked around quickly, scanning the street. For a second he thought he saw the slim figure, but it was only a back turned to him, and it disappeared into a barber shop, probably someone else. The fear mounted a little, and he found his steps quickening. He cut around the corner, where men were crowded into a little restaurant. He was heading into a dead-end street, but there was an alley leading from it. He had to keep off the main streets. Footsteps sounded behind him. He moved faster, and the footsteps also speeded up. He slowed, and they kept on. Then they were nearly behind him, just as he reached the alley and jerked back into it, grabbing for a broken bottle he had spotted. Will! It was a gasping wheeze. Will, for God's sake, it's only me. I know everything. Your amnesia. Let me explain. It stopped him. He held the bottle carefully as a fat figure of an old man stepped slowly around the corner, fear written on every aged wrinkle. It was the man he'd stumbled into when he dashed out of his apartment, but the fear there matched his own so completely that he dropped the bottle. The other man stood trembling, gasping for breath. Then he gathered himself together, though his pudgy hands still clenched tightly, showing white knuckles. Will, he repeated, you must believe me. I know about you. I want to help you. If there's any help for you, God forgive us both. And God have mercy on earth. It's worse than you can believe. And different. It's horror washed over the old man's face. He stood, fighting with himself. Hawks felt his own back hairs lift, and he drew back. For a second the fat man seemed to waver before him, as if his body was only a projection. Then it quieted. It almost had me for a second. He turned back to Hawks, trying to control the quivering muscles in his face. But his victory was still incomplete when he suddenly leapt up. Get back, Will! Oh, God! Oh, God! He leapt outward, his fat old legs pumping savagely. Then the air seemed to quiver. Where he had been there was only a dark cloud of smoke, spreading outwards in a rough equivalent of his shape. A spurt of steam leapt upward savagely, and the smoke seemed darker. It began to drift on the air, touching a building, and left a spot of smudginess before it drifted on, 
getting thinner with each gust of wind it was as if every atom of his body had suddenly disassociated itself from every other atom hawks found his fingernails cutting his palms and there was blood flowing from his bitten tongue he heard a hacking moan in his throat he struggled against something that seemed to be holding him down and then leapt at least ten feet to land running the alley was twisted and narrow he shot down it and around the corner an ice house stood there and he barely avoided the loading trucks he was back near the apartment building where he'd found the girl and he doubled to a door that showed it seemed to be locked but somehow he got through it he seemed to melt through the door though he wasn't sure if his lunge smashed it or whether his fingers had found the latch in time he ducked around loose hanging electrical wires under twisted pipes and across a pile of coal around the hot water heater he twisted and turned and came into complete darkness and halt short listening the fear was going and there were again no sounds of pursuit but he couldn't be sure he'd heard no sounds when the fat man had left out but they had been there silently and thickly he cursed to find a man who seemed to be his friend and who knew about him and then to have them kill that man with such horrible efficiency before he could learn what it was all about he gagged in the darkness almost fainting again then slowly it was too much for the moment he could run no more and nothing seemed to matter he understood his sudden bravado no better than the unnatural cowardice that had been riding his shoulders but he shrugged and moved forward the dark passage led out to the steps that carried him up to the sidewalk in front of the building ellen ibanez or bennett was less than five feet from him her eyes were fixed firmly on his face end of chapter three of pursuit by lester del rey